Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, hey guys, welcome back to another awesome episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie from Your New Life Ministries. This is season four, episode eight, Step Up to Believing and Protecting Your Children. This actual episode really hits home because, I mean, we see it every day on the news. Not only that, there was a movie that was portraying this exact same thing. It's based on a true story, and we all know the name of this movie, so I don't need to mention it. But uh, it is just an awesome, awesome uh, uh, thing that we really need to talk about and really get down to nitty-gritty on how to handle it because not every, every situation calls for it to be handled one way or another. Because every child is different. This is about protecting your child at all costs, no matter what the situation is. So we got three topics we want to uh, expand on with this. One being, how does the Bible describe belief and protection of your family? Number two is, how to teach your family and, and discipline and love. And finally, number three, how do you believe and protect your family? Because... I mean, some kids do exaggerate, but as parents, you know what your kids are exaggerating about, and you know what your kids are lying about. So it's going to be obvious whether your children is making something up or this is actually true. Yes, and we see this and we hear it. And, yeah, some of the stuff that we see on TV and in the movies, it's like, oh, that can't be real. But when your child is coming to you and telling you that someone abused them, someone hurt them, or someone touched them in a certain place that they shouldn't be touching them in, you need to put your child first. The Lord gave you those children. The Bible says that they are a heritage and they are a blessing. And they are given to you to teach and to love and to nurture. And they don't have anybody but you to stand up for them. And who are they going to have if you don't stand up for them and believe them? They're going to feel all alone. And I deal with adult teen challenge. I work with them. And the children that come into these adolescent centers, sometimes they just feel all alone. They come in with a lot of problems. They come in with, with self-harming issues and suicidal thoughts. And this is the road they go down. And then they go down to addiction when they don't feel like they have anybody at home. Then, oh, worse comes from that. They get involved in prostitution or sex trafficking. So how do we protect our children? But first, you have to believe them. Because if you have a young child come to you and tell you that someone touched me down there, even if it was a family member or, you know, one of your brothers or sisters or brother-in-law, sister-in-law or aunt, uncle, even if it was your spouse, you got to believe the child first. They're not going to make this up. They're going to be scared enough as it is to come and tell you. Got to start putting your children first and believing them. So topic number one, how does the Bible describe belief and protection for your family? Well, I'm reminded of Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not embitter your children. They will become discouraged because they're not going to be believed. Why do they keep on talking? Why would they want to talk, tell you or talk to you about anything? Because they're just not going to listen. That sounds true, don't it? Don't you think? Ephesians 6 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your child to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the discipline and instructions of the Lord. It tells you that the Father, you are the leader of the household, they dictate what you do. That you're going to teach them how to talk to you. You're going to teach them and give them discipline in the right ways. They're going to feel comfortable enough to come to you and talk to you about any situation whatsoever. Whether it be one thing or another. Their their job is to come to you. And you have to open the door and let them in. You 
coming to you in free of either uh, free of name calling or you're lying or you they don't want to hear that. They want to be know that you're going to be you're going to believe this. Yes, yeah, so we're supposed to discipline our children. We're supposed to teach them right from wrong. We're supposed to give them a set of moral standards that we get from the Lord to follow and discipline them as the Lord would. Uh, you can read Hebrews chapter 12, and it goes into a father. Uh, the Lord disciplines his children as a father disciplines his son. And he does it in love. There's no hate. So there's no beating your children. Okay. There's no ridiculing them and calling them names. Okay. Emotional and verbal abuse is just as bad as physical abuse. And we're, how do we teach? We teach the children by going to church with them, not taking them to church and dropping them off because they're going to notice. Well, if God's not important to my mom and dad, why should he be important to me? And so you teach by example. You love them. You nurture them. You show them compassion and respect. You listen to them. You be there for them. You spend time with them. You encourage them. And the Lord has to be first in all of your life. It says in Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 9, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words I am commanding you today are to be upon your hearts, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a reminder on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorpost of your houses and on your gates. That kind of makes it seem pretty important, doesn't it? And so, how, do, how does the Bible describe it? Right there, it says, we're supposed to believe in them. We're supposed to love them. We're not supposed to be embitter them. If, so, if we are not to embitter our children, that means that we're to love them. We're to be there for them. The Bible teaches us that we're supposed to be there for our family first. And so, are we doing that? Are we listening to them? Because the children are going to find it hard enough. If you want them to learn to come and talk to you about anything, then you have to be able to be there to listen to them and take time for them. That's how the Bible teaches it. To be that ear. God says he is always there to hear us and he made us in his image. So he's always there for us. We need to always be there for our children. And when they come and talk to you about even the hardest topics, and even if it's someone you just can't imagine, or a teacher, or maybe your Sunday school teacher, don't go and, and, and say, oh, that couldn't happen. You are supposed to believe your child. Don't make them feel like they can't come and talk to you. Yeah, yeah, just uh, always remember, just leave the door open to, to your children and let them come and talk to you. Uh, because they know, they know that they can come and talk to you anytime. Yeah, and so we just got to know that we can, that the children can talk to us at any given point, no matter what it is, and go from there. So, yes, I... I I know this is going to be a hard subject for everybody, but we have to know that we can have our children come and talk to us at any given point, no matter how hard the subject is, no matter how uncomfortable it is, they are will they will want to come and talk to us at any given point. But we're going to take a quick break, and it's going to take a quick break and uh, play a song for you called Courageous by Casting Crowns. We'll be right back. Right after we were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way We could be the generation That finally breaks the chains We were made to be courageous We were made to be courageous We were warriors on the front lines Standing unafraid But now 
while our families slip away. Where are you, men of courage? You were made for so much more. Let the pounding of our hearts cry. We will serve the Lord. We were made to be courageous and we're taking back the fight. We were made to be courageous and it starts with us tonight. The only way we'll ever stand is on our knees with lifted hands. Make us courageous. Lord, make us courageous. This is our resolution, our answer to the call. Welcome back to uh, your. You got this with your host Sandy and Donnie. We hope you enjoyed that song by Cats and Crowns called "Courageous." And the reason why we played that particular song because it has special meaning. Is if anybody's ever seen the movie "Courageous," it is by the Kendrick Brothers. It's about fathers teaching children. It's about fathers becoming the men that God intended them to be. They see this father in this movie lost his daughter to, due to some unfortunate circumstances. He wasn't there for her like he should have been, and he realized that after the fact. It's an awesome movie, so check that out today. But continuing on, topic number two: How do you teach your family and and and, and discipline and love? And that that the actual movie talks about that. So we're reminded of Psalms one hundred three thirteen. As a father has compassion for his children, so do the Lord have compassion for those who fear him. And Proverbs 22.6, train up your child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, as you're teaching your children, they're going to remember things. That's called being taught. Remember what the what the mother and the father taught the kid. Just like the teacher, when they're teaching kids certain assignments, they're going to remember what they're taught later in life. So you're training your kids, as you teach them biblical ways, they're going to remember. 
this, I remember my, my this one famous verse in the Bible, which everybody knows, for God so loved the world. Everybody knows that verse because you were taught it when you were younger, just like Noah and the ark. You were taught that too. So think about that. Yes, and to further encourage you on that verse, the Lord says in uh, the book of Isaiah, in 50, uh, chapter 55, he says that his word does not return void. So if you plant those seeds and those words in your children, even if they rebel and go their own way for a while, they are going to come back to it. That word is promises. And the verse I was quoting earlier, Psalm 127.3, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. See, they're a blessing. And so we're supposed to love them. So how do we teach them? We, we do it in love. You don't do it with hate. You don't beat them. Oh, yeah, they can even spank their little behinds uh, when they're younger. But you don't beat them. Don't beat them where there's bruises and whelps. There's quite a difference. Luke 10, 19, I am giving you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. See, that's representation of God's authority that he gives us to stand up for our children and that he's given us his protection and love over us. So how do we teach them? First of all, we set rules. We set rules and boundaries um, that are for their good. Yes, exactly. Setting boundaries, teaching your kids what to do. See, you got to look out for warning signs. Warning signs, because every child has warning signs. They're their own individual body language that tells you that something's wrong. Because sometimes they just cannot verbalize it. It's such painful that they cannot verbalize it. Girls sometimes wear black clothing. Sometimes they cut. It's all warning signs that you have to look for and you have to want to look for. You're, you know your child more than anybody else. So you know what they do and you know what they don't do. And, and it's all about that because your child sometimes, as I said, cannot verbally tell you what's wrong with them. It's teach respect and good morals from God. It's all about that. And your kid will respect you. Moving on to topic number three, how do you believe and protect your family? Well, Genesis 28, 15 says, I am with you and will watch over you whenever, wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I, am done, I have done what I have promised you. And 1 Timothy 5, 8 says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for those whose own household has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm. See, fathers, we have a job to do. Of, of, and we have a faithful father who has provided us this job. It is one tough job to do, but we can do it because God gave us the power and the ability to do it. Mm. By all, uh, and it, most important of all is being God-fearing and protecting our family, looking for warning signs that something is wrong. Boys, they uh, they go out and commit violence, violence to oneself or to violence to other people that because they've got so much aggression and pain in built inside, they want to release it. Women, on the other hand, they hide and they dress in certain ways, dress in black, or just have bad behavioral problems. They start cutting themselves, or even worse than that. Sometimes, you know your child more than anybody else. You would know what's going on. And so we have um, some warning signs for our, for your children to see if, to let you know if something has happened to them, if they've been abused or if they've been molested. We also have what to look for in strangers and even acquaintances and people that you know, uh, just signs that mm, something's just not right if they're trying to get too close to your children. And then also... From One Tough Job, it's a website by a children's trust um, program. They have 10 ways to keep your children safe. The Children's Trust created this list of tips for parents and caregivers to talk about basic personal safety skills with their kids. And it's to educate them as early as possible 
because it's sick, but some will even molest children of two and three years old. That's just unimaginable to me. So there's ways that you can talk to them, just as you would teach them about traffic or water safety skills. This is more important. And I have a couple of other things that I've added to the list. The ones that I've added is no internet in their rooms. You know that your teenagers are going to want to get on social media and you know how anybody can create a fake profile. Anybody can go on there and put this cute teenage boy's picture on a profile and then start speaking to your teenage daughter and she's going to believe them. Okay, keep your teenagers safe. Keep your children safe. Have the internet only available in a family room where y'all can watch them. Yes, they may be able to have a laptop, you know, in their room or whatever to do their homework on. But as far as internet accessible, do not give them the Wi-Fi password. This is to protect your children. Let them stomp and scream and throw their tantrums, but you're going to be keeping them safe. And you're going to be keeping them from getting kidnapped and in, in taken and in, abducted into self um, sex trafficking. So that is kind of an important one. And then also, especially on young children, they're going to threaten them. We're, we're going to hurt your family. Well, you need to make your child feel safe and say, when anybody tells you that, that's when you need to come and tell your mom and dad for sure. Because us together, we're more powerful than anybody. So don't put it pa anything past us with the ability to protect you. And then kind of show them the little areas that's personal and private that no one else should touch. No one but mama. Right? And they should know and you should, you, you know your child, you can talk to them in a way that helps them to see that this is not a good touching area. And this is not the way you do it. So you may not want to, to share that kind of stuff with them. But early on, you need to make them aware because young children, they're just not going to know this kind of stuff. And that's not something they should automatically know. So it's up to us to talk to them about the things that's going to help them become aware and stay safe. Yes, that's it. The bottom line is, parents, we need to communicate with our kids, telling them what is right and what is wrong. It's a hard subject to do, but it <clears> must <throat> be done. And it has to be done by you, the parents. You want your kids safe, right? You're going to do whatever it takes to keep them. One, be calm and reassuring. Children should feel calm and should learn to be cautious, alert, and prepared, not fearful that they are less apprehensive when they have the, the skills and information, confidence that they need to be on their own behalf. Two, give them permission to say no and tell. That's pretty obvious. And three, help the children identify and trusted adults. That's right. And so what we mean by that, explain the difference between a surprise and a secret okay surprise are for things like a party or a present that makes people happy. Not okay secrets make people feel uncomfortable and unsafe. So there's a difference. That, hey, you want to keep this a secret because this is a surprise for mommy. Or this is a surprise for daddy. Okay, that's the difference. But when explain to them when they're doing something wrong or somebody is doing something wrong to them and this is just a secret between us, that's a not okay secret. That's the difference. And it's let them know that they have the right to say no even when someone threatens them or when someone even if it's someone they know. When children are hurt, it is usually by someone they know and not by a stranger. But that doesn't mean it's always that way. And talk openly to your child uh, about who would, they should go to in an emergency or who would come to them. Like I'm sure you have a certain friend that you know 
a certain neighbor or, you know, an aunt, an uncle or grandma or grandparent. Okay. So tell them these are the only people that would come to them in an emergency and that I will tell you if someone is going to pick you up. If it's at school, I will call the school and let them know which specific person is going to pick you up. So there's not going to be any surprises. So if anybody else other than what mommy and daddy have told you is okay, do not go with that person. You need to explain that and explain who is the ones that they can trust. And one important thing also is no secrets, period. And what we mean by that is there are certain states where teachers tell <clears throat> students, don't tell mommy and daddy about this. It's okay. No, the hell it's not okay. Even teachers do not have the right to tell your kids not to tell you about anything. You are the parent. You say what goes, when it goes, and how it goes. And me, in my my opinion, if some teacher told my kid not to tell me something, I'm going up to that teacher. I'm going to slam the teacher against the wall and say, don't you ever tell my kid not to tell me something. You will have a problem with me, and you will have a problem with my wife, and you will have a problem with law enforcement. Pure and simple. No, not even a teacher, not even a principal has the right to tell your kid not to tell you something especially when it concerns them and you. You are the parent. It's an open door. And, uh, and uh, moving on, set body boundaries, which I was just talking about because it's happening in California. Teach children about setting body boundaries. In other words, don't put your hand on my kid. That simple. Nobody puts their hands on my kid unless I tell them to. And it's not going to be in the way that they want it. It's, it's always okay to say no, which apparently you should already know that. You should know what's okay for your kid and what's not okay for your kid. It's basic common sense. Like, uh, teachers tell the kid, oh, it's okay to, that you don't feel a certain way. No, the hell it's not. No, the hell it's not. They don't even have the right to shake your kid's hand unless you tell them it's okay to shake your kid's hand. Here I'm simple. Yes, and so concerning that, uh, so... You have to set body boundaries and help your child know which is an okay part and which is not. And this can start by always asking permission before hugging or holding hands. Tell the children that their private parts are the parts covered by a bathing suit. No one should touch their private parts or, or ask them to touch other people's private parts. If someone does or makes them feel uncomfortable or confused, it is okay to say no. If they feel uncomfortable about anything or anyone, tell them it's okay to say no and it's okay to come to tell you because you will always keep them safe. You don't have to be afraid of this other person or what they will do to us because mommy and daddy are much more powerful when it comes to you. So please make sure they know that. And then... Um, they can tell a trusted adult. And so we are moving on. There's just so much to this. And so this is making this a little bit longer. But also tell the child, tell your children, if someone hurts them or molests them, they are never to blame. They are never at fault. They didn't do anything wrong. They have to know that because some children feel like it's their fault. So they are never to blame. It's the person's fault who hurt them. Yeah, which parents, we should already be telling our children this. But some cases we may just slip our mind or something like that. But we're going to rehash a little bit of this. That way you know what to do. Teach your kids about the buddy system. Every, every kid has friends. There's no such thing as a kid that doesn't have friends. Teach them to build a build a, a camaraderie with them, and that's how a buddy system is formed. It's formed naturally with the kid that uh, uh, that makes friends with somebody else. Teach the kid to check with others first. They're already be doing that by the time they're in uh, maybe seventh, eighth grade in elementary school or high school or junior high. They've already done this, but they need to be taught that children to check with a trusted adult before changing any plans or going anywhere. We should already be teaching our kids. 
and teach children telephone skills, which they, everybody should already know about the phone number 911. It's there for help. And it's there for anybody. Teach them the number, which they should probably already know. Role play with your kids. Practice. Practice all these steps. And I teach them what to do in case of an emergency, which we should already be doing. All this should be basic common sense, but sometimes common sense gets thrown out the window. But this is by far the most important is role playing, teaching your kids about certain situations and what to do. Review and practice often. Like I said, pretty self explanatory all there. But it's still so much common sense that probably just gets thrown by the wayside and doesn't get. But it is so, so, so important. Yes. And you can insist on sexual abuse training, um, sexual abuse prevention training at school. Um, that might be something you kind of iffy. I would want to know what it is first before I, you know, my, it's taught to my children, or I would want to be there when they're showing it. But there are these by the same people that are putting out these um, protection um, steps. It's offered by the Children's uh, Trust. And you can look that up and uh, get with them and get with your school if you want to have that set up with your school. Now we're going to read from um, some signs to look for in strangers or acquaintances um, that seem a little bit off to you and what to look for. This is also going to protect your child. Okay, these are just a few examples we're going to go through, and hopefully, maybe uh, you can put this into practice. Strangers and acquaintances, you may not necessarily know these people very well or by the name, face alone, a neighbor, coach, parent, or any other ch child you know. In order to gain access to your child, they usually try to establish a rapport with the parent as well as a child. But in some cases, they are less careful about hiding their intentions. Be cautious and follow these uh, follow the behaviors and characters. Matter of fact, we've seen some of these exact scenarios on Law and Order SVU. They they talk about the same exact things on there. So um, we're going to go through them a little bit. Volunteers or volunteers or works with children, but does not have children of their own. A child friendly toys, video games, tree houses, train sets, dog lessons, etc. Some spend more time with children than adults or peers may often come off as immature childish themselves. I've seen that a lot on this video, actually. As a favorite child that they seem to spend more time with, which may vary from year to year, gives gifts or special privileges for apparent, no apparent reason. Overly affectionate, playful with children, hugging, tickling, wrestling, holding, or having a child sit on their lap, disregards no, stop, or with the efforts from a child to avoid physical contact, Long stares or periods of watching a child. If you see somebody doing that at the playground, something's definitely wrong. I'll be going up there and wake up that person and find out what the heck the deal is. Especially if they don't have any children of their own, something's seriously wrong. Comments or conversations about child's appearance, which may even take a turn for inappropriate, may exhibit, may exhibit a sense that they feel special, uh, special rights or privileges above others. Yes, and something just to add to that, um, especially with teachers, if it's consecutive, you, uh, your daughter is needing help, or your son is needing help with the teacher, and he's going to give them a little bit of one-on-one. -on -one. If it's one-on-one -on -one and it's kind of too much, it's, it's happening way too often, I would think twice about that. And then... A child should never go to a teacher's house alone. Everything should be done at school and during school hours if it's true tutoring. So uh, next one, eagerness to learn details from your personal, uh, possibly romantic life in your child and their interests. They're going to be overly interested in your child and a single person should not be wanting to babysit a, a single male adult mainly is what does this you shouldn't ever want to leave your young child with a single male adult especially if it's someone that you really don't know you know so always make sure 
you're you're thinking twice about that. Um, flattery of you and your child and their talents likewise. They may boast about their own success and accomplishments and charitable work. If you're a single parent, especially a mother, the person may be new or potential romantic interest that comes off as too good to be true, or if anyone seems interested in filling in as a fatherly role. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I would watch it before, because you don't know this person too well, so I would not leave my young child or my teenage daughter alone with them. It's just, you got to get to know them. Um, and even if it's a family member, a spouse, if your child is coming to you and telling you that daddy hurt me or even mommy could be the mommy too, um, please believe that child because they don't have anybody else. You are all they have in the world. You should believe them first. Now, sometimes you can tell uh, if it's just rebellious and if they don't like the person, they're just trying to get them out of their life. But you can also tell by some warning signs that are going on in the child's life that we're going to read next if it's been true abuse. So you got to put two and two together because, yes, sometimes they're going to accuse wrongly. But that's where you use discernment from God and look at the warning signs of the child that they're exhibiting. Uh, they seem to be the, um, to like the very same things that your child is interested in. Tries to establish a sense of camaraderie with your child and to draw you, to draw your child away from you. Oh, I know how your parents are. Oh, you're old enough to be alone. Yeah. Well, the way I look at that is you're old enough when a parent says you're old enough. <clears throat> Pure and simple. That's not it. They don't like it tough. <clears throat> Attempts to make you doubt your protective instincts. You're not the one of those helicopter parents, are you? I'll tell them I'll be a helicopter uh, parent if I want to be. It's my job. Nobody else is going to take it from me. You don't like it? There's a door. See you later. You do what you need to do to protect your kid. There's no such thing as too much protection when it comes to period in the store. They don't like it. It's for their own good. Offers to help out with your child, a stranger that may walk uh, walk them to the arcade while you're shopping at the mall, or any acquaintance offers to watch your kid uh, ride a uh, uh, offers get or give your kid a ride to soccer practice when you feel you're in a bind. Make the time. Make the time. It's that simple. Why would you give a stranger, <clears throat> someone you barely know, permission to walk your kid anywhere? Nobody walks my kid without me being there to walk with them. Nobody goes around my kid until I know who they are, when they are, and how they are. Matter of fact, I might do a damn background check. <clears throat> I don't let nobody... This is 2023. There's no such thing as being too cautious with these psychos out here to think they can change their gender whenever they probably want to. Hear it in the story. If your child is particularly talented musically, artistic, or athletically, or is involved in pageants, and someone approaches you with opportunities that may seem that they would benefit your child, private lessons, photography, shootings, uh, photo shoot, <laughs> meeting scouts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Get a business card and validate who they are first. Anybody can pretend to be anybody they want to and just give you false hopes and things like that, think that they're going to make mm -hmm. your kid a star. No one-on-one -on -one in private. Yeah, and it's just that simple. Do a background check. Verify who they are. Don't take their word for it. I am 45 years old. If somebody tells me they're going to help me out, I'm going to get their name and do a background check on before I even have a phone call conversation with them ever again. I, de I live by a life of DTA. Don't trust anyone. Period. End of story. Someone that suggests a child is troubled or prone to lying right, to discredit future claims of abuse. People do that all the time. One, because obviously they don't want to get caught. That's all it is to it. They know they're doing things wrong and they don't want to get caught so they're trying to cover their tracks. Well, guess what? Get a shovel and uncover those damn tracks. Here in the story, this is your child you're talking about. Protect them. If somebody needs an ass beaten, give it to them. Period in the story. You're protecting your child. That is what you are supposed to do. Don't say, oh, I didn't do this. 
No, I'll decide if you did it or not. If you bend over, I'm going to beat your ass. Some examples of these behaviors are from real-life situations. Church members who often ask to old parents, toddlers, a new boyfriend who is sticking to sleep over with a single mother. The, 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 the things go on and on and on. Basically, this is all common sense that we should already be putting in place in the workplace. That's it. And so now we're going to give you, and these are all that we got off this site. And there's many more. Um, and so now here are some warning signs from young children. Um, it says every nine minutes, government authorities respond to another report of sexual abuse. Uh, child sexual abuse can cue um, uh, other sexual uh, actions like exposing oneself, sharing obscene images, taking inappropriate photos or videos of a child. Um, um, and these, um, and, and development of a child, these hinder the development of a child and often continue to impact them later in life. Learning the warning signs of sexual abuse uh, in a child who is in danger is very important. So here are some signs that a child may be sexually abused. Uh, it's not always easy to spot sexual abuse because perpetrators often take steps to hide their actions. Some signs are easier to spot. Here's some warning signs um, might not might be noticed by a caretaker or parent and are often red flags that the child needs medical attention. Listen to your child. It isn't right um, that, that someone in a child's life is making them feel uncomfortable. Even if you can't put your finger on it, it's important to know the signs of abuse and talk to your child who may be experiencing abuse in uh, age-appropriate ways. Believe your child and look for the warning signs. And you know your children. You know their regular habits. So here are some physical signs. Physical signs, of course, sexually transmitted infections. Uh, signs of trauma to the general area, such as unexplained bleeding, bruising, or blood on their sheets or underwear or other clothing. And here are some behavioral signs. Yes, these may include, if not others, excessive talking about knowledge of sexual topics, keeping secrets, not talking as much as usual, not wanting to be left alone with certain people, or being afraid to be away from the primary caregivers, especially if there's a new, if there's a new person in their life, regressive behaviors, re resuming behaviors that have grown out of such as thumb sucking or bedwetting, overly over overly complaint behavior, sexual behavior that is inappropriate for the child's age, spending time spending an unusual amount of time alone, trying to avoid removing clothing to change or bathe. Here's all there, and there's much much more to these. And this is just a small uh, examples. Here's some emotional signs you might want to look out for as well: changing eating habits, change in mood or personally, such as increased aggression, decreased confidence in one's self-image, excessive worry or fearfulness, increased or unexplained health problems such as stomach aches, headaches, loss or decreased interest in school activities and friends, nightmares or fear of being alone at night, self-harming behaviors. This may be overwhelming to keep in mind and looking at these things. And, and here's a few more. Express unusual interest in child's sexual development, such as commenting on sexual characteristics, sexualizing normal behaviors, give a child gifts without occasion or reason, spend a lot of time with your child or other children you know, restrict a child's access to adults. And like I said, these are just a few snippets, but uh, there's so many more to look out for. And long story short with all this is just watch your child. Know their behaviors. Know what they do and what they don't do. That's right. You know your children. And if they are acting different and it's kind of on a continual basis, then it's something that you need to sit down and talk to them. And then please believe them. 
like I said before, you are all they have. And if you don't want them to go down a wrong road, then you need to be there for them. You need to be their listening ear. You need to believe in them. Because even growing up, not dealing with someone that's hurting them, that is something you need to do anyway. You need to believe in your child. This helps them to have self-confidence, confidence in themselves. And love them. Because then they will grow up and they won't be insecure and just not sure of themselves. But when a child is grown up in a home where the parents love them, they set boundaries, they, they discipline them, they help them to establish healthy and good behavior, habits, and morals by keeping God in the family your child is going to grow up secure. Setting healthy, safe boundaries is okay. Telling your child, no, it's okay. Watching where you have the internet hooked up is okay. Not too much. This is something else I didn't mention, but hey, not too much cell phone use. You as a parent, if you're giving your child a cell phone, um, you, oh, there's so much in the age of technology, you can watch their every move without them knowing it. You can view their text messages without them knowing it. Yes, research this on, tech, you know, on the computer. There is ways for everything. And you can set the family GPS on their phone. And then you can even set times for their phone to turn off and be able to turn back on that they don't get to use it past a certain point. Be the parent. Because there are so many, so many reports of child abuse and child molestation and sex trafficking, child pornography. There is over 29 million cases in the United States. Child sex trafficking, there's over 17,200 reports. And this is in the United States, child molestation, 93% of these children know their abuser. One in every five girls and one in every 20 boys are sexually molested. Protect your child. And honestly, the, the, the chances of a child coming out to you at first is probably slim to none, but obviously they're going to know their behavior. So Watch your child, and honestly, they're going to need professional help. You can't do it on your own. You should. You probably can't even try. So what you need to do is obviously, number one, is get them counseling. They're going to want to talk to somebody other than you because they're probably going to be embarrassed. It doesn't take a brain scientist to figure it out already. So they're going to want to talk to somebody who's specially trained in this area to get them the help that they're needing. And it's not going to be an overnight process. It never is. And it never will be. Because it wasn't an overnight process when he started grooming a kid in the first damn place. So give them the time that they need to heal. And get them counseling. And just be there for them as they're ready to talk to you. It's going to be some time before they're ready. But they will be ready uh, when their time is ready. So as we close, I just want to close with a word of prayer. Thank you for listening because this was an extra long episode, but it was a very important one. Um, and I just want to bring your needs up before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all of our listeners. God bless each and every one of them. Lord, I ask you to watch over them and protect them and their families and give them discernment, even if it's someone they know. Even if it's a family member, Lord, uh, give them discernment and help lead them to the answers to some of the questions they may have in protecting their children. Give them the words to say, to speak over their, to their children regularly, to warn them, you know, from even in the youngest ages. Help our listeners to protect their children and their grandchildren, Lord. And Lord, I'm praying for their other needs. If they have a financial need or a job need or health need, Lord, or just some emotional needs, Lord, I ask you to be that, to provide their, be their provider, Lord. 
I'm asking you to protect them, be their banner, their Jehovah Nisi. I'm asking you to be their healer, their Jehovah Rapha, Lord. And Lord, Lord, those that may be still searching, I'm asking you to provide the answers and draw them because how can they come unless they are drawn and lead them to salvation? And I thank you for each and every person listening. God bless them and watch over them and protect them. In Jesus' name, amen. And here is Donnie for some updates. Yeah, we got some new books that are coming out. They just were released on the 28th, and they're available now. One is uh, The Day Hope Was Born, and the other is Step by Step, right? Yeah, Step by Step. So you can get these anywhere books are sold. And please check them out. Um, you won't want to miss them. One is an interactive devotional. And what we mean by interactive is means you can write stuff down in this book. And we got a website to go to as well that you can put your thoughts on our website. It's a step-by-step -step blog, which is to dedicate to this book. So if you feel that you got something that out of the book and you want to let other people know about, that's what we mean. You can share to the masses of masses about this. And the Day Hope is Born is just a collective of a few short stories and poems that is there to inspire you and hopefully help you grow in your relationship with God. It teaches you who he is and how he is going to help you with the biblical verses there to back it up. So get, uh, so get your copies of those books today. And uh, uh, we are on fire in all these other countries with this podcast. So thank you for making a new success that it has become. And help us co to continue to grow spiritually as well as every other every other avenue so we want to thank you for all that as well and don't forget to visit our website yournewlifeministries.org and as well as on instagram and on youtube all with the same name so if you don't have anything else honey now we just want to thank you and hopefully this podcast continues to bless you and always remember you know you got this when you let god lead the way i'll catch you later guys Bye bye